0: Welcome to the Connor Churland podcast, where I, Connor Churland, meet up with a musician, ask him about certain songs, the stories behind them, what makes them tick, and what moves them forward. On today's podcast, we have Golda May. Golda and I had immediate chemistry when we first met. I heard her warming up um, so loud, so beautiful. In this podcast today, you're gonna hear about sound healing, what it means to have a business degree in the music industry, and you're also going to hear some really cool songs that she wrote and some stories behind them. I hope you really enjoy and let me know what you think. First off, just thanks for wanting to meet up and hang out and chat. Um, Yeah, thank you for having me. Yeah, it's been super rad getting to connect with musicians. Like we've done, like I've done a bunch of shows just in the last four years and there's a ton of people that i've met and connected with that i thought were really special and you're definitely one of those people um thanks connor of course your song hear me out is ridiculously amazing <laughs> um thank you like that i i was trying to explain it to my wife i was like imagine like some sort of hybrid between Sigarose and like the Ingrid like just interesting like Regina specter music yeah. th- that that you like and it like yeah halfway through begins speaking in English and there are like these little <laughs> traces of English <laughs> locked inside there yeah so um i mean i i, I first just want to talk about that song cuz that's yeah so interesting to me how did you come up with the concept of j- ma- just making sounds um do any of those yeah. sounds mean something to you just t- t- talk about that song
1: Totally. Yeah. So there was like this sync week in LA and they flew over a bunch of like UK people to come, um, and do the thing anyway. So like my manager at the time was like, Hey, do you want to be a part of the sync camp? And it was like, it was like starting the next day. So it was like too late to start basically. So he's like, okay, well here's like a list of people who are going to be there. And I found this guy, Anil Sebastian. And I was like, like I want to work with this guy. Like I yeah. really want to work with this So I just like sent him a cold email um, and he responded and he's like, yeah, I'm free this one day. Anyway, so I, we all like met up and I hit up my friend Pete Racine, who's like an insanely talented guitar player and just like amazing mixer. and he just kind of like does everything. Um, and so yeah, we all like just had a session and basically, um, someone started playing the organ kind of sound in the beginning. And I was just going to like, I was just doing like a practice, like a practice run. And I was like, you know, maybe one of these melodies will be like part of the song. Yeah. And so I sang this whole first section and Anil was like, I think that was it. And I was like, no, 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 no. (laughs) Like I can't, that, that's like, I was, I don't even know what the fuck I was saying. You know, I was just like, I go into this like really deep emotional place when I start singing and I like, I went there but I wasn't, like, I didn't think that that was going to be, like, the fucking first part of the song. And so that was it. And I was like, well, let me, like, let me just write some, like, lyrics. And they're like, no, 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 no. Like, this is it. Wow. Um, yeah, and then Anil works for, Anil works with the London Contemporary Choir. He, like, runs it. And so he had all these, like, choir samples. And we're just, like, we kind of just, like, built the song as we were, like, flying in a lot of ways. So, and then, yeah, the next part was just, like, you know, I think Pete or someone had the idea to like put drums and so we just had like these drums it was just like it was just felt like we were like we got like ufo'd up into like yeah. music like heaven and yeah. then like and then we came back down and I was like holy fuck dude what just happened <laughs> <laughs> and honestly it's like I I can't like that's only happened to me like a handful of times in my life where it was like a song was like truly like a whirlwind for like a couple hours and then we come out we're like this is crazy um and yeah and so then yeah hear me out I just basically like kind of like I talked about this little in the NPR um little snippet about the song but like I was just like kind of this like you know working in this environment and just like being in this sort of LA music scene where like it's like a ton of men um mm-hmm. that are like usually older than me and like I don't know, like, any, like, female producers, really, that I, I, like, work with one in my entire time, which is pretty crazy. Anyway, so it's just, like, a ton of men, and I had, like, recently gotten ghosted. It was just, like, just, like, all this shit that I was just, like, so, like, I just felt, like, so small, like, I couldn't, like, actually, um, like, do, like, say what I wanted to say. I felt very, like, scared to say what I wanted to say, and so... Yeah, I'm basically screaming in, like, the middle part of the song. I'm like, hear me out, fuckers. Right. <laughs> yeah. Um. But it was cool. And then, yeah, the ending was just, like, it's, like, a lot of it's not really, like, a concept in a lot of ways. You know, it is clear, like, just listen to what I'm saying. But, like, you know, it's not, like, lyrically. Um. But it actually kind of came out cool lyrically. Um. There were some, like, little bits. I was like, that was kind of cool. Where did that come from? <laughs> I don't know, it's honestly just like a song for my subconscious. I don't know how else to describe it.
0: Yeah, I mean the yeah. the sounds that you're making at the beginning feel like they feel like guttural. They they totally. feel like they remind me of like people uh, speaking in tongues in a religious ceremony. Yeah. They're, yeah. Yeah, it it's so It's all and
1: instinct. I, it was all instinct. There was no brain power going into this for right. me. Yeah, it was all instinct.
0: Do you do that often? Is that just how you typically start off uh, by building a melody? You just... It's basically like how you top line a song, just like figuring out how, yeah. how the melody is going to move?
1: I usually kind of go into like a trancey kind of state where it's like kind of like you're not really here, but you're not really not here. How like do you I get chi- into that state? Um... I mean, I've been singing forever, like my whole, my whole life, so... I don't know how I do it I kind of just like close my eyes and I go to like the emotion of like whatever I'm feeling so if like you know recently it's been kind of about like I've been playing with this concept recently about you know not really being in reality but also not like committing suicide it's kind of this like interesting middle ground of like not wanting to engage with the world but also not wanting to die so I'm kind of in this like in limbo state you know Because it's, like, you look outside right now in L.A. and, like, the air quality is just, like, fucked. Yeah. And it's usually fucked, but it's, like, like triple fucked. Yeah. Sorry, I don't know if I can swear in this thing, but... swear um...
0: whenever you want. <laughs> it's a free country.
1: <laughs> yeah, so, anyways, so, that's, like, so I've been playing with that. It's, like, kind of, like, try to go into that state and that feeling of, like, what does it feel like to be in limbo and, like, how do you write about this thing and, like... And how do you still keep it sort of grounded, but, like, really beautiful and, like, maybe kind of catchy? Like, yeah. it's kind of you're, like, playing with all these things, but I try not to think about any of that. I just, like, go to, like, where I think it, like, feels most intense. And that's usually where I write a song from. Like, what's the feeling that feels most intense that, like, can translate?
0: So is it that you're trying to embody an emotion and then from there you would let your voice kind of do what it wants to do?
1: Yeah, exactly. What do you and focus
0: yeah. on while trying to embody that emotion? Like, is there? Do you think like visually? Do you like imagine the the, the things that you're working through, or do you, is there like a mantra that you continue to say or like, what, how do you bring yourself down? What
1: I do is like I try to find chords that like feel like emotional to me, and like, I just on start a guitar singing or
0: like piano. Yeah,
1: usually I write on my guitar. Here it's just like kind of. Um, Uh, it's like sort of an old martin but i don't really know what it is i got it like a used guitar shop in berkeley and this guy was like uh it's called like uh, i think like top dog or something like that subway (laughs) guitars or something i got it
0: at uh big dogs you know the the, the clothing store and they just they have guitars too they
1: just had it um but no i got it It as like It's, like, $900 or something, and I bought it, like, four or five years ago, but it's, like, it's just got, like, the sweetest tone. Like, I just, like, love that fucking guitar, and I've, like, I've had, like, exes, like, try to be, like, oh, like, I love your guitar, what are you gonna do with it? I'm, like, I'm keeping this forever, dude. Get away from me. (laughs) Um, But, yeah, anyways, so... Yeah, I guess I just like find a thing and I go into this like trance. I don't know how to explain it. Like I just it's like when you're like just deeply focused in something and like or you're dancing with your eyes closed and you just like I kind of just let it all spill out and I like have my voice memo going and then usually I'll like have a moment where I was like oh that was sick and then I'll like you know like mark the time when it was and I'll like kind of listen to it again and again and maybe try to learn what I did. And then that will like take a little bit, cause then my brain's involved, and I'm like, then my brain has to like, what did I just do? Yeah. Um, but yeah, it's usually just like close my eyes, let everything kind of pour out, and then like, um, there, it just feels like there's like an endless source of like stuff in there to like hit up.
0: What distracts you from that space, or like what pulls you out of it? Like, uh, is a is your phone on? Is your phone on airplane mode, or where? Where are um, you? Mm-
1: no I usually do something cool and I'll be like oh sick and then I'll like you know my brain will be like go check Instagram dude and I'm like (laughs) great and then 20 minutes later I'm like why did I just do that that was so stupid but like there's just so much research about like social media of how it's just like meant to control us and we're the product and like people make so much money from us being addicted to these services and that's how I'm trying to really see it it's like truly just like an addiction but it's also like you kind of need it as an artist so it's like it's, like, saying, like, oh, you gotta, like, smoke cigarettes, but, like, only just enough so that you can, like, <laughs> play the role, but it's, like, really hard, because once you're, like, doing it, you're doing it, and it's addicting, and they make it really addicting, uh, but yeah, that's, like, distracts me, and then, like, sometimes I'll, like, get in my own way with, like, trying to, like, be really conceptual, or, like, I'll be, like, you know, I want these lyrics to be better, I want these lyrics to be better, and I'll, like, really, like, try to, like, make it better and, like, work on lines for a while, um, And then that will, like, sometimes take, like, a little bit more time than i like it to take. But it's, like, important. I don't know. Like, last week I had this song I needed to finish. And I kind of just, like, bummed around my room all day. I'd, like, FaceTime a friend. Then I'd, like, go back to, like, you know, writing the lyrics. I'd FaceTime a friend. I'd do, like, pull a tarot card. Then, like, go back to writing. So it's kind (laughs) of this, like, weird. There's really, like, no one way to write a song. It's, like, I hate to say it, but it's just, like... I wish there was every song is like truly its own life form and then like sometimes you write it for a while and then you're like this sucks so and then it just ends up on the dropbox where i like keep everything like little awards that i had made <laughs> <laughs> i love visiting my dropbox i'm like oh what did i do in 2018 april let's go check and i'm like damn that was like kind of cool and then i'll send it to my manager and she's like not my fave and i'm like great <laughs> But, yeah, it's fine. Um, yeah, so just, I forgot the qu- distractions. Yeah, I think, like, food also, honestly, is, like, a big distraction. I, like, love to eat. And, um, yeah, going out to eat is, like, something I really, like, love doing. And it's, like, horrible for my bank account and my stomach. But <laughs>
0: What's fine. your uh, at-home uh, snack distraction? Like a pretzel? Um,
1: You know, there's honestly, like, the thing about me is I have, like, nothing about me, very little about me is, like, super consistent, except the fact that I, like, make music a lot, and I, like, will eat out a lot. Um, Yeah, there's no, like, consistent thing. I would say, like, you know, recently it's been, like, chocolate peanut butter cups I put in the freezer. Um, I'll steal, like, a couple Pockies from the freezer. I don't know who they are. Hell yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I think, like, my roommates are probably, I mean, I think they have been there since, like, 2014 or something, so that's fine.
0: Frozen chocolate on top <laughs> of anything salty so is good. out of this world. Pocky is, yeah. I, I've i never frozen Pocky, but I'm sure yeah. it's out of this world.
1: It's so good, and I hate it. And then I got, like, this Trader Joe's Pocky, which, I don't know, I know Trader Joe's, like, tries to rip off other popular items. I thought they missed the mark on this one, I'll be honest.
0: I'm sure. Well, probably because they used ingredients that are legal, and uh, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I'm sure Pocky has some sort of, like, MSG-infused 100%. chocolate hidden inside of it. Yeah. Um, so you are born of Ukrainian parents, Russian-speaking parents, immigrant yeah. parents?
1: Yeah, they're both from Ukraine. Um, yeah, they immigrated when they were, like, in their early 20s. They were, they're Jewish, so there was, like, this, like, four-year period where the USSR was letting Jews leave. Okay. And, um, and come to America, Australia, or Israel. And my parents were lucky. They separately immigrated. They didn't know each other yet. Wow. My dad, like, was uh, dodging the military draft, and then my mom was, like... You know, there was just, like, a lot of crazy shit going on. Uh, but, yeah, they left. They had to, like, give out... They had to give away all their possessions, and they could only leave with, like, very, very little money. Wow. Um, yeah, it was really crazy. And then, yeah, they moved to America, and they met in Chicago. And that's where I was born. And I just, like, grew up in, like, a very, like, Russian-Jewish community over there for a little while. And then my dad moved... We all moved to San Diego when I was five. Wow. Yeah.
0: So you're in san diego and everyone there a lot of the time when you're in san diego you're like you know yeah. you're white and yeah. uh you uh you look around and you see other white people and you assume you know we're all from san diego we've all lived the yeah. same life you look white yeah however your family is an immigrant family uh, yeah fleeing their country totally different reasons um yeah what what's the difference between you and um the 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 typical white person from san diego that you would meet
1: yeah i mean like my neighborhood was like kind of mostly yeah i was like i would say 40 percent white americans 40 percent like indian chinese korean japanese like all my friends growing up my best friends growing up were like It was, like, an Indian girl, a Nepalese girl, another Russian girl. Those were, like, best friends. Um, It's called Rancho Bernardo. Okay. Yeah, it's basically just, like, a suburb of um, San Diego. And it was, like, you know, like, just, like, a very, like, clean neighborhood. It was, like, brand new development. I think, like, something that was really different was, like, I don't know. I just, like, was raised with different morals, I think. Like, my dad grew up as, like, a street kid. So, like, when I was... You know if i got into like an altercation with someone my dad was like oh just like beat them up or like (laughs) you know or like do this diss like here's a diss you know and like my oldest sister would be like oh just tell them they need tweezers to like pee or something like
2: to like hold their
1: dick and so that was like i was raised as like be mean back like be mean first like everyone's out to get you everyone's trying to hurt you yeah and I, like, had a really tough time, like, keeping friendships because of it. I just, like, did not know how to be, like, a nice, just, like, gentle soul, you know? Um, I mean, I had, like, always, like, one best friend. I always had, like, one girl that was, like, my best friend. We would do, like, everything together. Yeah. Um. But, yeah, I don't know. It was, like, I would, like, hum, um, hum to myself a lot and sing to myself a lot. And, like, I got made fun of for that just because, like, whatever um I don't know I was like I got in trouble a lot as a kid for like making people laugh or like making jokes like I love comedy it's like my first love or second and they're like tied for music and comedy um but yeah I would say like I also just like was down to like dream kind of bigger than I think a lot of my friends were a lot of like my friends in college were like one of them like one of them's going to be a dentist from that group. I told you another's doctor and another's like just graduated from like a top graduate school to be like a public health person. So like everyone was like super like immigrant family, like get your, sh- like all my friends were like immigrant kids too. Yeah. Um, and I just felt like we got each other better because the white kids were not like pushed as hard as we were, you know? Yeah. Um, but all the, all the other kids were like, just like we were like beaten to fucking do our shit.
2: Right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah.
1: My mom's a piano teacher too, so like I oh. had to learn piano from like a young age, um, and I really hated it actually. And then I grew up doing fencing too. My dad cool. like did it a lot in Ukraine. Yeah, I, I ended up going to like Texas for Junior Olympics, and uh, I got so scared. I was like, I was like, oh my god, this is like the real deal, you know? And I got like really anxious and like fucked up.
0: Really at the junior yeah. olympics how old were you
1: yeah i think i was like 13 or something okay yeah um it just felt like such a big deal and that was the first time i really dealt with like super stress and anxiety and that's like what kind of kickstarted my anxiety throughout my life but i was i've always like pushed myself really really hard and like whatever i do and like expect like the best of myself and i felt like i just wasn't as good as the other kids or something or like i don't know i just like locked up so yeah
0: that's interesting does that ever happen to you with music
1: um i think like i'm always scared it's gonna happen when i'm on stage but like once i'm up there it's like singing is like you know, I can, I just, I know how to fucking sing. So like once I'm like after the first song where I like, you know, my throat cracks a little or something, like it's usually like pretty fine after that. I mean, you
0: also knew how to fence. So
1: I know, (laughs) (laughs) I know, I don't know what it is. Uh, I think singing it's, you can more like prepare what you're going to do. Fencing is like, you have to be ultra present because like you're literally like fighting someone right. with a fucking sword
0: you have to react to them it's not that you're doing the same yeah. moves every time yeah you're exactly
1: yeah. it's not a performance it's like it's yeah you're like actively doing something where you have to like engage your brain intensely i do get really scared before i play though i definitely do
0: what yeah. do you do to calm yourself
1: um I think I try to meditate, I try to like connect to God, and like just like source, and like, you know, give me the strength to like do this thing that I love to do, and like, I try to really go to like why I'm doing this, which is just to like share healing energy, and like healing, because I write these songs as like, to heal myself through shit, and I hope that that will also like help other people. And, like, that's for me, like, the most beautiful part about making music and sharing it is like, afterwards, people will come up and be like, dude, that song to your Los Angeles, like, that fucking spoke to me. And, like, thank you for this song. And it's like, it's like something that came out of like my shit can, like, help people with their shit in a way. Like, that is definitely like a really beautiful part of creating and sharing. Yeah. So I try to go there. I try to go there. Like, why am I doing this thing? Why am I going in front of, like, 100 people or whatever? Because um, the so far shows can be, like, really packed, you know? Right. So, yeah, I try to go there.
0: Um,
1: and, like, deep breathing. <laughs> yeah. yeah. But I don't really know how to breathe well, so I just kind of, like, try to drink coconut water and, like, hope <laughs> for the best. So I, I just get just really scared I'm going to forget my lyrics, too.
0: Well, that's the good thing about writing Hear Me Out is you didn't need to learn the lyrics ever. I know. <laughs> um, your parents are Jewish? Religiously? Yeah, they're both
1: Jewish. Um, not like anymore, but I was raised kind of modern Orthodox. For, what does that mean? Um, it means like, you know, we would keep the Sabbath really intensely and eat kosher and do Friday night dinners and all the holidays. Um. And I went to like, um, I went to private Jewish school until I was like in third grade. Yeah. Or fourth grade. Yeah.
0: You mentioned God in your last answer. So what does that mean to you now?
1: Yeah, God is not. I mean, there's God has like a lot of facets for me. One of them definitely used to be like an old man in the sky being like, "You fucked up, dude." (laughs) But like now it's like basically
0: those old Muppets.
1: Yeah, totally. We, I still watch that, like, uh, Prince of Egypt and just shit like that, like, growing up. And that used to be what it is, and, like, in Judaism, a lot of God is, like, fear God. God, you're my, like, you know, I'm nothing in comparison. It's, like, I actually don't resonate with that at all, so I don't really resonate with, like, a lot of Jewish prayer. Um, although Jewish prayer melodies are beautiful. I don't know if you've ever been at, like, a service. Can you give me an that, example? Uh, yeah, it's, like...
2: It's like Ashirah, da 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 da, da da
1: da Like and it just goes like, that. and then one of the biggest mm-hmm. prayers is like
2: Shema Yisrael Adonai Eloheinu Adonai Echad then you like whisper and then
1: it's like and it's like it's really fucking beautiful like yeah. i think that i subconsciously learned a lot of my kind of like quote-unquote haunting melodies just from like jewish prayers like wow really fucking beautiful stuff um yeah and i think that actually has a lot to do with why they are powerful prayers um energetically just because like they are melodically so fucking beautiful. Um, yeah, and there's also like this thing called nigunim, which is like Jewish prayer that's like kind of chanty-like. Can you spell it? N i g g u n i m. I can send you like Nigunin. this beautiful. Yeah, nigunim. Okay. Uh, I can send you this really beautiful nigun, um, that's like by the old Rebbe. So there's like this big rabbi that led the Chabad movement, which basically was like to take have Jew. Jewish congregations all over the world. And so I kind of grew up doing Chabad stuff. Um but it's like definitely very religious. It's like all the women wear long skirts and like you know long shirts and everything and so I grew up kind of in that world. And I went to a Chabad school as well. Um but yeah, anyways, this rabbi um the they call him the Rebbe. rabbi. Um he like has this beautiful And I could send you one after. That's just like just so heartbreaking and like anyways back to your question about god (laughs) i think the way i see it now is more like this kind of energetic force that's within and around us and connects us all like you know it's no coincidence that when you think of a friend and they call you 10 minutes later it's like we're all connected like very intensely and we're all connected through energy and like all that stuff it's like to me it's not even a question i work with it i feel it i see it working in my life all the time I play with I play with it like through love and light um but yeah that's like a huge part of me too like I think and work about spiritual stuff a lot because it is like such a key thing in our world into like creating the life you want feeling the way you want bringing the people you want in your life moving people out of your life you don't want it's like all about that
0: yeah, you've mentioned um, healing through sound before. Um, yeah, you we, last last time we talked, we talked about sound bowls. We talked yeah. about throat chakra. We yeah. talked about um, you wanting to move to Santa Barbara, which still hasn't yeah. happened. But I still <laughs> want you to move here. So, I know. Um,
1: yeah, it's so much clearer up there. I think.
0: But when it comes to sound healing tell me tell me more about what what you've learned and what what that means
1: yeah i mean i think it's like i mean music is like another form of energy and like the sound that we make out of our bodies is like huge in healing ourselves and others i'm still like quite amateur in it i wanted to learn more but like
0: how do you go pro <laughs>
1: How do you go pro, bro? Um, I think you like find another healing, you find like a sound healer and you like learn from them. Um, But like. And then you
0: have to kill them to. Yeah, totally.
1: I now know the knowledge. But I'll do it like in the beginning of a show. I'll kind of like, before I start singing like my songs, I'll kind of just start like. And everyone will just like get fucking quiet. Yeah. And it's so cool. Um, Yeah. But yeah, I'm reading this book. Why do you think that happens? I don't know. I think I just go somewhere. So I don't want to like get too meta. But the way that I connect to my singing is like through a, a, a higher source, like a higher energy. I connect with it. And it like comes through me in like a pretty intense way. And it like works with my own self and energy and spirit to like create what I'm doing. I can hear when I'm not engaging with it. And it just, like, doesn't feel, like, the same thing. People, people can feel it. That's why when you hear, like, someone singing a song, they say, like, your day of demo is, like, usually your best because you're, like, really engaged with that thing. Yeah. And then you try doing it two months later. It's, like, you kind of, like, lost contact with a little bit.
2: Right.
1: Um, but, yeah, I think it happens just because it's, like, I go there and then people feel it and they're, like, whoa, what was that? And then, yeah. like, and then you can, like, kind of set the space and tone for, like, Because what my songs are like deeply intense and emotional and they're not like, you know, they're not like dumb, whatever songs, which also have a place, but that's just like not what I do.
0: Right. That's so interesting. Um, Yeah. Do you, do you still have a sound bowl?
1: I do. Yeah. Is it in the room? (laughs) Can you bring it over? Yeah. Let me take off my headphones for a second. Yeah. This is mine. I really like this sound bowl because I think it like really resonates this area so i think sound in general like to answer your question it's like really complicated how sound works and how it heals but i think it's like also like basically the concept is like you're tuning your different parts and chakras or like your different organs to tune to the frequency they should be at so that all the cells inside can like also vibrate at that frequency and like work in like full function okay um so yeah that's kind of how i see and also just like certain vibrations and energy will like be able to like work uh more effectively in that frequency so if you're like oh for my throat i feel like i need oh like feels good feels pretty good there i could probably yeah. find like a better tone but yeah here's my singing bowl um you want me to play a little bit of it yeah please do Okay, cool. go. <laughs> you like close your eyes. Just like see, feel where it resonates. And breathe deeply.
0: that's awesome yeah it's pretty
1: sweet
0: what when when you were making the like so you're you're like swirling it which feels kind of like what you do with a wine glass yeah uh so that's just like the whole thing vibrating and then there were sometimes that it was like yeah what 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 was that (laughs) noise
1: Uh, it's just, like, when it, like, it's, like, when it, like, when you're going, and it's, like, kind of moving in this circle, and then it, like, you'll, like, kind of hit an edge or something. Or, like, you'll just, like, your finger will slip. Yeah. But I kind of like them. Um, I think they're kind of, like, they kind of, like, clear something else out. Yeah. I think sound is really cool for clearing stuff that you're just, like, don't want in your body anymore. I mean, we just pick up so much stuff, talking to people, walking around. Like, we're all these, like, you know, we all, and... In energy medicine, we're basically these big, like noodly creatures, and we have all these like little hairs coming out of us that you can't really see. Some people can see them, but most of us can't. And they're all like just kind of collecting things and dropping things off, and we're all doing with each other. That's why some people you hang out with, they're like they call them energy vampires. It's because they're like sucking all the shit. They're sucking like
2: the your life like life force.
1: Yeah, they're like literally. I know someone like that, and it's like. And when I use my brain, I'm like, I don't get it. We talk about normal stuff. We don't really go, like, that intensely into shit. But every time we hang out, I feel like I'm, like, just fucking drained for, like, three days. Yeah. So, it's, like, a bit complicated subject. I don't think I'm, like, articulating it as well as I would like to. But um, it is, like, a really... It's a beautiful way to, I think, interact with life.
0: I think one of the things that's apparent with your music is especially with your live performances um but i mean also with i have uh, w- listened to hear me out maybe like 20 times in the last <laughs> week and th- i keep listening to it because it uh i mean you may not be able to articulate what sound healing is or does yeah. or accomplishes but it seems that whatever it is you are skilled in healing people through sound Thank you. <laughs> uh, so it would make sense that you would want to study that more. Yeah. Because it is uh, something that you naturally do. Um, Thank you. Is it possible for you to play that song? Do you know the like? <laughs> I do you even play it?
1: No, I don't. I you don't, don't ever play, play it. it. No, I don't. It's like really hard to play live. I um, imagine because yeah, there's no timing. Like I, there was no click going. You know. Yeah um i it's on my to-do list to learn how to play it live yeah because it's like i've tried but it like it's hard to do it because it's like also there's like different like echoes of stuff happening too yeah um yeah i don't know how to play that song live i'm sorry that's that's no worries (laughs) um
0: would it because i want to ask you to play two songs uh one one of the ones that you already put out and then something different okay um would it be possible for you to play a uh, wish I was someone else? And then I can ask you questions about that.
1: Yeah, I can definitely. Um, yes. Great. I, y- yes. If I fuck up, maybe we'll just restart it. Okay, cool. I think I got it.
0: Awesome. That was fast. <laughs>
1: uh, okay. <laughs> All right, let's do this song. Let me just make sure my logic is like still chilling. We're chilling.
2: Okay, cool. I did all the things I was told to do I never even tried to bend the rules This hereditary fear overgrew in me Side effect of my immigrant family So I did it a boy with the same religion Learned from him that I wanted something different My parents always said never tell a lie But the truth is that they wouldn't hear another side Closer, looking at me I don't know her, not that I'm kidding it's too late for starting over On a screen But I can't cause my mouth won't open Like a dream Try to run but my legs stop working Wish I was someone else I made decisions for myself But I don't know how Where do I go now? to have a money addiction waiting for the paycheck to fill the prescription try to go to rehab but it don't exist cause nothing that I know I'm trying to get a fix what am I supposed to do with a degree in business didn't think it through all I did was listen to other people telling me who I should be now I'm living with my parents will I ever leave I'm closer looking at me I don't know her now that I'm getting older it's too late for a start scream, but I can't cause my mouth won't open. Like a dream, try to run but my legs stop working. Wish I was someone else. I made decisions for myself, but I don't. (laughs) It. <laughs>
1: haven't played it in a long ass time sorry if it
0: <laughs> no that was good that's so good thanks it uh you have so many lyrics in that it's such yeah. a dense story
1: it's packed
0: for and it's such a great like hearing hear me out and then hearing wish i was someone else those are like totally very it, it's quite a range between the two so different um so that that song feels to me like a kind of an anthemic I am golda here are facts about me. Totally. Uh here's here's where I've been from. Um you talk about yeah. a money addiction inside of it. Yeah. What was that?
1: I mean, so I went to business school um for my college education to Haas, shout out to Berkeley. Um and it was just like, yeah, it was just like very Did you go to Berkeley too? No okay cool that's fine um <laughs> yeah i don't know it's just like a really intense program and a lot of the reasons i went was like you know i wanted to have like stability in my life i've always like had this fear about stability
0: you went to and music school for stability in your life
1: i went to business school for stability oh, okay. yeah yeah but it, it and, wasn't um,
0: the berkeley school of music you went to. no it was oh. uc berkeley yeah i went to
1: uc berkeley um you know I thought music was just gonna be like a hobby or I'd get lucky and get discovered on the internet turns out you actually have to get good at writing songs so anyways yeah I was like I really wanted to have a stable life um and like be able to afford my own apartment and everything And that was something that was like ingrained to me from like a young age I was like always an overachiever in school I did like ASB I did all this shit to like make sure my like you know resume looked dope as fuck and it did like I had a really good resume while I was like also writing songs but like not often enough and then yeah and I just like wanted to make sure that like and it's not that I'm trying to like have a jet plane I just like want to have my own apartment and like not stress out about money you know yeah. that was like really like the the truth the truest form of but I just feel like we all are addicted and like you know I also co-wrote the song with Christina Galligan and like um she also really helped frame the song because i just remember coming in the room being like this is what's happening in my life you know i had just gotten out of like a publishing deal um and like went traveling for a little to try to like center myself i just came off of like zoloft because i had like you know i struggle with anxiety my whole life and uh yeah i was just like there was like not a, a lot of serotonin left in my brain but i was just trying to come out and i came out of like a relationship that would like had just fallen apart I was just like, guys, I, like, feel like shit, man. Like, I live in my parents' house, and I don't know what the fuck I'm doing with my life. And, like, you know, I think that's sometimes, like, the place where the best stuff comes out of is, like, when you're just, like, on the floor not knowing what life is anymore.
0: There's a line in there that you're too old to start over. Yeah. What, What do you define as starting over?
1: I think, like, starting over is, like, like, I'm 25 right now, and I see these, like, 18-year-old girls on Instagram, like, getting, like, really big. Yeah, do you feel past your prime? Yeah, I feel like sometimes, like, I'm just, like, shit, like, did I, like, should I have done this? I feel like, you know, one of my regrets in life is doing the college thing. Like, I wish I just, like, kind of wrote songs and, like, maybe went to, you know, music school, but, like, not done, you know, this other path that I, like, spent so much time doing. If I had invested all those hours into just songwriting, like, you know, I would be where I am now, but, like, three years ago. But also, I appreciate my journey. And, like, I'm writing the songs that I'm writing now because of my journey. And give, like, a different perspective to it. So, I don't know. I sometimes do feel like I'm too old or stuff like that. But I'm also, like, you're just 25, dude. Like, calm the fuck down. Yeah. <laughs> but it's, like, you know, it's still, like, a stressor. It's entertainment industry. It's, like, the second you hit 21, you're, like... Like, you notice on Instagram, everyone who's, like, under 22 has, like, their age on their instagram info and then after 22 it's like not there and so it's interesting it's like all these young people are like celebrating their youth and then like the second they turn like 23 it's like that shit's like gone and they're like fuck dude like what are we gonna do now like now i can't just like lean on you know being 16 and hot um and i'm sure they have i'm sure they have other qualities too i don't want to like
0: yeah now they're 23 and hot
1: yeah now they're 23 and super smoking but that number is not on their info anymore which I think is pretty, pretty fascinating and like will forever be a fascination of humans is like kind of the Lolita effect.
0: What are one of the advantages you have over other musicians who didn't go to business school?
1: Um, I want to be like, oh, I don't sign shitty deals, but like, <laughs> but I, I, I do. Still sh- I still sign shitty deals. So like, what was the fucking point? Um, I think like the I think I just have, like, a different perspective. I think, like, anything in life is, like, everyone's, like... Like, sometimes I have this thought, like, why am I even doing this if, like, there's so many other people doing it? But it's, like, no one else out there has, like, my exact same perspective, you know? And so, like, just a combination of everything that I've, like, done and, like, kind of lived through has only... The only person who's really seen is, like, through my own eyeballs. Like, me. And so how do I, like, share that in, in a way that's, like really genuine and authentic um so yeah i don't know what like i think that's my advantage my business school thing like also just like maybe taught me to like network but like i don't even know if that's helped me with my career it's honestly just like good songs man everyone's like oh network it's like no just fucking write a good song and then it'll like do all the work for you
0: right that's very interesting yeah uh so it's you're saying that in your experience it's been bad advice to spend your time networking
1: yeah i think people think that they like if they just like met the right a and r or they like met the right you know the right producer like it would like make it for them and i i was one of those people that was just like you know dming a and r's or like trying to find their emails and like sending stuff and it's like yeah someone told me in la i think his name's like parker james or something he's like He's like, yeah, I don't even go to, like, networking stuff. I, like, my songs do networking for me, you know? And I was like, yeah, dude, that's so fucking true. Like, and it's true. Yeah, I mean, I mean, it is good to know people, too, and have people... I think something that is really important in this industry is, like, to have champions. People who, like, champion you and, like, really believe in you. And, like, that's how I met my manager. Like, this other manager who manages, like, producers and songwriters, Laura. Shout out to Laura um manages my friend zach and uh yeah they're just like they've been champions for me which is like super fucking nice and they sent my shit around and like but that's because they like believe in me you know not because they're like oh she's like a cool person which i'm sure hopefully they think that too but like i think it's also like they just think my shit is good so just like make sure your shit is good which it's hard to know i like definitely did not know my shit was bad when i first started you know
0: (laughs) How, did you did your manager tell you what was good and bad how do you figure that out
1: so no i'm talking like early on when i was like in college and i like mm-hmm. had this band um and like we'd make these songs we had like we made 10 songs in a year and a half now i like write 10 songs like in a month and yeah. a half or like less but you know we'd work on these songs and like i thought they were so good i thought that they were gonna like pop off and shit and like i thought that like if like yeah I just thought they were gonna pop off and like I'd get all this money for them and it was like I mean what is crazy is one of those songs did end up getting me a publishing deal but like just not because of a song because it was like they heard the song and they're like oh dude your voice is crazy this is insane and I'm like thank you and then they like helped me from there but they were basically you got to get away from this band like this is just like not the vibe and that was really hard for me because I was like really attached to that band and I thought we were like as a crew gonna like kind of make it together um but there was like a moment where we were like sitting on this rock right after I graduated college I just moved to LA and I was like talking to my guitar player I was like hey like I want you to know like I'm so serious about music and he's like yeah what do you mean by that I'm like like I'm gonna marry like I'm marrying myself to music like that is like this is my life I will choose music over basically anything for like at least the next 10 years and he was just like yeah I'm just like not ready to do that He's, like, I kind of want to, like, be able to, like, dip for this and that. And, like, I still think this is really important. I was, like, I feel you, but I'm just, like, not there. Like, I'm, like, music is my fucking life. And that's, like, what's happened. I, like, fully dedicated myself to music. Yeah. And hopefully it'll pay off. (laughs)
2: What
0: what do you mean uh, pay off? Or what do you mean by making it, like?
1: Yeah, like, I want, like, enough success where it's, like, I can, like, comfortably live making music.
0: Do you mean money? No. Want um
1: i like have made some money i'm kind of like talking to distributors right now so i might be able to it's like kind of hasn't been like the most money making thing at all for me yeah yeah i like have worked full time doing other things as well to like support myself okay yeah but so, they're like there are like some flows of income but it's like definitely not consistent
0: okay so success yeah. would be a hundred percent of your income being able to fully support you from music
1: yeah yeah totally that to me feels like success
0: seems doable
1: I hope I hope so
0: would that money mostly be coming from the recorded music that you put out or would it be from touring or what what, does that matter to you
1: yeah my goal would be for like some really great tv placements yeah. um and then hopefully when touring comes back like to support myself through like fans being like invested in the project too yeah um yeah that would be like really really sweet because i think like there's nothing like having like, a solid fan base who like follows you for like you know many many years it's like it truly is invaluable um yeah i think like those are some like key things i'm thinking of starting like a patreon soon um that that could be nice too but i just don't know if i have like enough people who like would subscribe you know sure just like trying to like make shit work right now you know right it's like tough for in the pandemic for yeah right
0: sure. R- Right now is a hard time just in general yeah for everyone yeah, for everybody Yeah. Especially. yeah i'm like
1: i'm living off savings right now and like getting like a little bit of unemployment which has been yeah. like nice but um yeah i mean there's like some promising like conversations happening and like i have this song sidelines which i'm hoping will like do well i don't know if you heard sidelines but Mm -hmm. maybe i'll play that one later
0: great do you want to play it right now it feels like a great transition
1: (laughs) sure yeah this song has had a journey um it was written really quickly and then it was like there's been like seven producers that have like tried to make it work but yeah here's sidelines
2: Hold my tongue. I never had much to share. Always wrong, forever the window glare. Who's a fault? Don't know how to laugh Don't know how to breathe Does everybody have something against me? Don't know how to stand Without a shaking head Does anybody get it? I've been sitting on the sidelines Wishing I could pull me down I've been spinning on a rewind From a different time So this time I hope I can fix the line Who's a fault? Don't know how to laugh Don't know how to breathe Does everybody have something against me? Don't know how to stand Without a shaking head Does anybody get it? I've been sitting on the sidelines Wishing I could pull down. I've been spinning on a rewind, thought that I could turn it off. And I hate the way I run. Say one word and I'll be gone. I've been sitting on the sidelines, wishing I could Sitting on the sidelines Wishing I could pull me down
1: There you go, there you go That sounds so good Thanks I have <laughs>
0: expected that to After your after you did that final like quiet sitting on the sidelines, I imagined it to be like a big like, totally.
1: <laughs> it is like in the recording, it is like another last chorus. But when I play live, I kind of like to like end yeah. it there. But I
0: imagined I think, that's where that final chorus would have gone.
1: Yeah, it'll be big. It's like, yeah. It's like whatever. Big jungle drums. Totally, totally. Yeah, it's like a, it's a pretty tastefully big chorus
0: ah, very tasteful yeah yeah anthemic they call yeah. it
1: it is I mean Rolling I hope Stones that song <laughs>
0: calls it anthemic
1: <laughs> totally um yeah we'll see what happens that hopefully comes out January we're like finishing the production the next month
0: nice that sounds great um yeah I want to ask you some rapid fire just a couple questions okay cool okay um, best advice you ever received?
1: I uh, always use a condom.
0: Great advice. <laughs> STDs are real.
1: Yeah, they do. They fucking are. There you
0: go, folks. Learn it. Um, worst gig you ever did?
1: Um, you know, I played at this like, oh god. Yeah, I played at this like family restaurant, and everyone was talking, and I just wanted to like. I know that that's just like part of it, but it's like my songs are so deeply like real for me that yeah. like, you know, I just felt so awkward. This like grandma's like trying to eat her lasagna and she's like looking at me and like I can just tell she doesn't want me there. And I'm like, <laughs> I don't want to be here either, dude. So, but it ended up getting me like a big gig randomly. The, the booker was like kind of like a book. Like I had no idea she was like booked other shit. So, you know, I say like always take the gigs, but. So I always check the gigs, but you know, I just like, I think it was like a good thing to do. It's funny. I tried canceling that gig and she's like, no, no, no. Come back. Do it, do it, do it. I'm going to pay you. And I was like, all right. First it was unpaid. And I was like, fuck no.
0: Yeah. Paid is the way. Um, Yeah, dude. Do you have a, a role model or a
1: mentor? Um, I've had like mentors I have people who like help me I have like a close collaborator um, who wrote like Dear Los Angeles with me his name's John Bushema. he's been like sort of like a low key like he's I send him like all my shit and like get his feedback and advice and it's helped me like become a much better writer Um, he's taught me a lot about like clarity in my songwriting I used to not have any sort of like concept or anything he taught me a lot about that and just like, he really encouraged me to like, produce my own shit. Um, and like, yeah, encouraged me to like, to to lean on myself. Like, I think I was like, always hoping that other people would like, have the answers for me. And yeah, he just like, really taught me to like, lean on myself. And then I used like, I, the first person who would like, really believed in me is like, Ollie Hammett. He like, really mentored me early on too. Because I just like, did not know how to write a song. I just like, i knew i like i knew i had a cool voice and he knew it but like we both knew i didn't know how to write a song (laughs) and uh yeah he like taught he would he would listen all my shit too and give me feedback and it was like really hard it was really hard to like be not good and like and hear that and he didn't tell me you're not good but it was like you know be like oh you know Ari's still a baby songwriter and it was true like i just like did not know how to write a good song yet um, there'd be little good songs here and there, but like consistently, it was like all over the place. Yeah. My sound was like not nailed in yet. Even my voice was a lot different two years ago, three years ago. Less like clean.
0: Less like what?
1: Less like clean. Like it just oh. wasn't like I it was kind of like said messy. Less
0: like Creed.
1: Uh, <laughs> from the office. No, I was oh my Creed God. Of the band.
2: Oh. When I oh, just yeah. heard.
1: um yeah i mean those are some people there's been other people i think like my biggest lesson the biggest people i learned from are just like writing songs with people and like doing a lot of sessions and like seeing why it worked or didn't work and what did they do that worked and listening to other songs and learning from them like you know phoebe bridgers is like an artist that i like i'm obsessed with her songs and like i analyze every fucking line and i'm yeah. like why did she and there's like one song halloween that i'm like why did she put those two lines in it doesn't make sense and then i like went deep into her shit and it's like turns out like this guy that she co-writes with connor oberst um from bright eyes like was like dude you're obsessed with this you're obsessed with the dodger stadium killing just put that in there yeah And it's just like interesting to me to see like the whole process um yeah, I'm trying, I think those are, like, my biggest... I used to listen to, like, And the Writer Is, but those guys are all, like, real pop heads, um, so I don't always feel, like, super uh, relatable for me, but still have really great lessons in that podcast.
0: What was the name of the podcast?
1: It's called And the Writer Is.
0: And the Writer Is?
1: Yeah, uh, dot, it's, dot, like, dot, by... It's, yeah, I think Ross Golan and, uh, this other writer, they, like, run and produce it, and, uh, it's, like, their big deal publishing is, like, a, you know, huge publishing company, um, so, yeah, and I will say, like, I also worked in the music industry for a while, like, as, like, a manager, um, or, like, assistant manager, or day-to-day, whatever, for, like, producers and songwriters, so I learned a lot just by listening to, like, A&R's talk, and listening to managers talk, and, like, listening to myself and what my opinions were and like forming my own taste was like, I think incredibly helpful too.
0: Well, that's what I have for you. So thank you. Thanks so much for doing this.
1: Yeah. Oh my God. Thank you.
0: Pleasure talking to you. Um, I'm excited to hear your new single. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Oh my God. My next single water comes out in a month. I think. Yeah. Yeah. Sweet. Yeah. Well, I can't
0: wait to hear it. And, uh, Yeah, hope to talk to you again soon.